1: welcome to the show thank you for tuning in i'm your host beth mcgeorge with remax jefferson city and you're listening to home with beth i have my good friend laura st Clair today she is the owner of managed chaos and you're tuning in to our show saturday morning at 11 a.m or listening to our podcast depending on which one but this is episode two we, our first show, you can go look up if you're tuning into episode two, but we're talking about organization and kind of how it relates to our home life. And this one, we're going to talk a little bit more on hoarding and I think what goes beyond clutter, I guess. Yeah. How would you kind of describe, like, where's the line of, I have a messy house and a cluttered house and like, okay, I'm hoarding. Is it bulk
2: of single items type thing or? Well, Okay. I wish I had it with me because there is a link that I, I send people um, that explains the whole psychology of hoarding. Send me that, and I'll is. put that on my Facebook page. Yeah, if you um, look up Beth McGeorge so, Remax
1: Jefferson City, we yeah. will
2: have that content on our page. So, so I'll send that to you. But um, and there was also a uh, a blog on my website okay. that is what's your website again uh, managed hyphen chaos.com if you go to the blog section there are two blogs but the second one is dealing with hoarders okay um and it tells a lot m- a lot m- more in detail there what we do but really like i there are people who joke about oh i'm a hoarder and it's not hoarding is when it really directly affects your lifestyle to the point or that health you or health that you can't function. Mm -hmm. Um, There is literally barely a pathway through the home.
1: I've seen it. And it's one of those moments where I think people are aware of it, but maybe not always as much as someone from the outside looking in. And I was pretty in tune immediately that it's an emotional state or people have trauma in their life. There's usually a trigger that will start that. Um, You know this, sometimes it's lost. They inherit things from their parents and they really can't let go of it because if they do, then it means they've really lost their parents. But if they don't get rid of their stuff, it's, like, not official. It's I see that in the home. Selling the home is hard.
2: And even post-loss, the depression that comes with it, They yeah. gail, you know, you go into that, to, to that funk, into that dark place, and so things just get away from you. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes too much to deal with. Just your day-to-day stuff can get away from you. Right. And it becomes too much to deal with, and it keeps growing and growing and growing until it just literally becomes a mountain, mm-hmm. and you don't know where to start.
1: Do you think, so when you see that, is the conversation different and the approach? Because I, we're all sitting home listening, you know, we've seen the show Hoarders, you know, it becomes, there's always a story of like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is going on. And it's, I mean, it's pretty easy to assess when you see it, when you walk into it, but. I mean, they've always said if we just came in and threw everything away, they would just. They will. They'll
2: fill it right back up. Yeah. They'll so right how do you up. have that conversation? Sure. So oftentimes when I'm dealing with a hoarder, the initial call comes from either a family member or their therapist, psychologist, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I actually have had some who have, you know, put me on their HIPAA so that we can have a three-way conversation with their therapist, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. whoever. Um, and we and I'll and we'll, that's when it really does work. The thing about with hoarders is that, as much as the family may want it done, if the person is not ready for it, it's right. not going to work. You're
1: wasting your time right. and energy and money and everything.
2: Right. Yeah. But once they do, and it, there's always that higher level of you know, they're worried of worry and into what's she going to make me do. And a the, the, the lot of times I just spend the first, the consultation, I don't even really dive it's in talking, and look. Yeah. We just sit down and talk.
1: Well, and, and so you're very respectful and kind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your personality, yeah, your personality is going to be one, I think, that meshes well for someone with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to come in and say, you got to do this, this, and this. And that's no. kind of my job a little bit with the house when I have a property that is an estate or it was mom and dad's house or it was something, there is a lot of sentimental tied to it. Mm-hmm. The whole approach and the whole conversation is totally different because they may not be ready to put a sign in the yard or even approach the idea of cleaning it out um, which anyone listening at home, you do not always have to have it empty to sell. But I feel like a lot of people, it's their own stuff, their emotion, their baggage. They mm-hmm. want it done. Um but, yeah, I think that's hard. It's listening to what's the goal and what's, the, what's right. their why.
2: And w- when we do estates, which we also do, we can do that one of two ways, too. With estates, um, we can go in and do like we normally do and work with the family to go through everything. Or there are sometimes when they, they're like, you know what, they can't deal with it. It looks too much like home, mm-hmm. and so they'll hire us to come in and literally deconstruct. We'll take the pictures off the wall. We'll make the inventory. We'll um, oh, that's a good inventory point. everything that's in there so that, that and make a spreadsheet so then they can look at it. Wow. Objectively and figure out who gets what, what they want, what we can take off for donation, whatever. And we can deconstruct the house so that when they walk in, then it doesn't look like home anymore and they're ready to take that next step. That's a step. good
1: point. So it's less of an emotional trigger and it's mm-hmm. less of an emotional decision and right. more of
2: a objective, does this fit in my life? Right. But back to the, to the hoarding side of yeah, yeah. things. Um, you know, yeah, we spend a lot of time listening and talking and... Um, you know and just figuring out what's there and and walking through the process asking those leading questions mm-hmm. and after in the beginning it's tough and usually by the time we get to the fifth or sixth appointment they're into the they know what's coming mm-hmm. and they and the, the the key with them is little bites Yeah, I yeah. Alway, you know you don't have to eat the elephant in one bite
1: have you ever come back after a few visits and it's all back? Mm-hmm. Kind of? Yeah. Oh, that's
2: hard. I would say, Woo. of all the hoarders that I've begun with, I've only had maybe. 10% who have stuck with the process. Oh, wow. Because it gets to that point where it becomes about more than the stuff.
1: But you make progress, though, and at least you can feel but like it you But do- it usually does.
2: It goes back a lot, but it does. But, you know, I, I do have some success stories with it, mm-hmm. and and it is. It, you become friends, mm-hmm. you know, and you sit there and you talk and you work it at their pace. Yeah. And there are some who when they, f- they, they start to own it and they feel empowered and they see what they've done, and we're constantly asking, "How are you feeling?" That's like working out, like a yeah, workout plan. And at first, it it's work and it's new, and
1: you're like, "Ah, a routine." But when you get in it, you're like, "See results?" You're like, "All right, I'm going to do this." Right. I feel good about it. And
2: we're constantly asking, "How do you feel? Mm-hmm. How do you feel?" And you know, tell them, "Look what you've done. Look what you've accomplished." You know, there are sometimes where yeah, we may have a two-hour appointment, but after an hour, I can tell they're done. It's like, do we mm-hmm. need to stop? And we will. And we'll. You know, okay, we had two hours, so I'm only going to charge you for that hour. I'm leaving. You know, take it easy. Yeah, go lay down. <laughs> so
1: part of the process for listing a home, not talking about hoarding, but almost every home has some level of like decluttering and and tidying up. And usually, a third to a quarter, quarter to a third of their excess gets prepackaged, moved, tucked out of sight. What I have noticed is, man, almost every time they're like. I might buy this. I'm digging it. Like they just feel so much better about their Mm -hmm. property. It's the same house. They just really got it together. But if you ask people what that took to get done, they're like, I don't want to do that again. And you'd be surprised
2: how many people who move, I come in and they're like, Okay, I would like you to help me set up my closet or I would like, you know, new start on the right foot. And but then, or I go into a home where they've moved, and it's been several years, mm-hmm. and we're doing stuff, and we come across boxes, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we that's been there since we moved here ten years ago." Raising and my I'm hand like, <laughs> again, it's radio. You can't I'm, see it. Hands in the air. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, do you know what's in there?" Uh, I think so. And have you needed anything in 10 years? You know, and we go through that whole process. Have you needed it in 10 years? Okay, if you haven't needed it in 10 years, we're opening this box and I'm getting this stuff out of here for you.
1: So real talk, we moved a box from, I think, I think in our entire marriage, which being a realtor, you move a lot, but we've moved like five times. There was one box that I think was like on its third move, totally unpacked. And what I had done was the top layer was a couple throw pillows or whatever, and the bottom was like a lower level kitchen rec room thing of like excess knives and miscellaneous. Didn't need any of it. Should have just gone to probably Goodwill. But it was like the top. I was like, oh, I'm going to store this. Well, I didn't even look at what the other half of it was. So it's very easy to do that. Label, label,
2: label. Don't
1: judge yourself at home, people. We're all just doing our best.
2: (laughs) Exactly. But Um. you got to label your boxes.
1: Yes. Okay. So on the, actually, we'll talk about labeling and and how that sorting, and the process of that works so when we get back, um, everybody tuning in, thank you for listening. We will be right back. We've got a little message break we're going to take, and you're listening to Home with Beth on News Talk 103.5 FM and 1240 AM, KLIK. <laughs> Welcome back. You are listening to Home with Beth and... I'm your host, Beth McGeorge, with RE-MAX Jefferson City. We're talking about organization and hoarding and all those things with my friend Laura Sinclair, owner of Managed Chaos. And so tell me about wishy-washy words.
2: So wishy-washy words are might, could, maybe, would, should, probably, all of those things. So, and I always joke about if i could charge by the wishy-washy word i'd be a wish a rich woman millionaire oh, instantly right because like, when you're going through things it's like well i could you know i could use this for this or but i might use it again for this or i might you know and you're like are you have you well and that's just will it. you that's the, the and it's not it's even more specific than that yeah how long have you had it
1: oh what the faces, are faces their faces just melt off don't what they? are like, your ugh.
2: intentions for it Are you going to do that in the next six months?
1: What's the psychology of why we hold on to this stuff? Is there a scarcity mindset of, like, how people were raised? If they were raised in poverty, they are more likely to hold it? Or is there not really a tie to that, in your opinion? Okay, so
2: let me preface this by saying I do not have a degree in psychology. You know, I had general psych and psych for elementary teachers. That's my psych background. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's as unique as the individual, I Mm -hmm. think. You know, there, there is the generation that, you know, my parents came from that grew up in the Depression. Um, that, and that was real. And that was real. And, you know, and that's why I've learned when doing estates. You go through every single envelope. You look under the mattresses and the beds. You look in the air ducts. There's money in the walls. There's Might money be. literally yeah. in the walls. Yeah. You know, and then you know then we get down to your generation who it's like they don't want all that stuff you know and then the ones even younger that are becoming more minimalistic right so it just but it's u- as unique as everybody i mean there's you know people in my generation who you know we had collections i collected santas i had well over oh, 100 santas
1: oh you've seen it all i
2: had well over 100 santas myself and then when i when my husband and i got married 3 years ago i got rid of over half of that. You question. asked
1: yourself the same yeah, question, I you did. know, I like took myself, why do it? I have this, but you thing. know,
2: those precious moments and there's mm-hmm. dishes and there's people have collections. And here's the thing about that. If, if your collection is displayed in a way that you can enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's bringing you joy. Then, then go get it. That's have at it. Great. Yeah. If it's in boxes in the garage or in storage and you're not ever looking at it, then that's not on. You're parking it.
1: in the snow outside because it's stacked yeah. in your garage. Exactly. Why are you doing that? Yeah.
2: Exactly. Because garages are for cars. Well, and that... And that's my favorite thing to do is garages.
1: Your air, um, you know, if it's humid and stuff, stuff will get really funky. It's sometimes like, ruined by the elements if it's not climate controlled.
2: exactly you've got to be careful um, especially yeah you have to be careful where you're putting textiles Mm -hmm. and things like that and how those kind of things are stored and all of that we go through all of it we've seen it all I think with hoarding right
1: now the pandemic has done something to people for sure and the way that it relates to housing is kind of twofold about how they're living inside their homes. And then when they're deciding to move, what kind of home they're looking for, it's shifted that a little bit. People are valuing more elbow room from neighbors. They want some land, like this idea of space. You know, I think it really stems from a, a survival mindset of like, I don't think I'm prepared to live off the land, but it, I think somehow on some level makes us feel better to go, okay, I'm on five acres. I can, you know, I can I do can it. Breathe. Not really, but you know, that helps. But, I'm seeing a lot more storage rooms of, of prepping, food storage, mm-hmm. um, canned goods, kind of that bunker survival type storage that is, it's different than hoarding, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm seeing that. And I do think the scarcity of supply chain and supply chain issues and stuff like that, I, I'm seeing it shift in people. Are you already kind of seeing some of that for today? Yeah,
2: I've had more calls about pantries and storage mm-hmm. for that type of thing lately. Um, than I did previously. Mm -hmm. And, um, and pantries are a huge thing because they can come a big black hole where everything gets Mm -hmm. lost in the back. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so, but yeah, people want to figure out where they can put extra shelving to store things, where they can store things safely. Um, and just, they're looking to, to maximize their space to better suit their needs. It's not as much about stuff as it is about necessity. Mm Mm-hmm
1: correct and i i think even for us whenever they had first said okay kids are going to be homeschooled for a while and all of a sudden you're you're the lunch lady you're feeding them lunch and you have to have that differently and then all of a sudden the store shelves were bare mm-hmm. i've talked to a lot of friends they were like that was kind of scary and it kind of continues to be i have a friend with um a kiddo their um formula for their baby has oh, had wow. supply that's pretty urgent right yeah It's They have a special, um, they have an allergy. They're trying to work around and it's a special formula and they're having a hard time finding it on shelves. So then think about it. If you do get some, you're going to buy a bunch, which then puts the next guy in a funky position. So I don't know. So I've seen it shift very quickly and I thought, okay, depending on how long this lasts and what kind of seeds are planted in people's minds and hearts of worry, Mm -hmm. that to me is when like my great-grandmother hoarded – Egg cartons, bread bags, bread ties, everything. But she lived through the depression. That was her. That was real. Mm-hmm. You had to for survival. It was a totally different time than I. I, don't, I can't even pretend to understand what that would be like.
2: Well, I and that's where looking. You know looking at all the different uses for something, thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. you know, Which I what, think is good for us. Which is. And, I, you know, I'm back in the Depression. Those bread bags were used to put over your shoes to keep your feet dry because you didn't buy new boots. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. So, well, and I think we should, should challenge
1: that more because yeah. we all, you know, you get the big packet Sam's of Ziploc bags. You have that for days. What if we all just, like, consumed a little less? You know, what does that look like? Or
2: what if we bought the reusable ones, right. the silicone ones? Right. You know, that kind. I mean, that's what we do. You yeah. Know? Those Take are
1: hard to clean, though. I'm gonna be real. Uh, I I turn gave it that inside
2: out and put them in the dishwasher. I use I use probably five of them. <laughs> it's a like week. dead air. <laughs> is this mic I on my it mouth? inside dropped. out. Rinse it off and mm-hmm. put it in the dishwasher on that top rack. And let it go. And it they're silicone. They're not going to be hurting there. They're fine. Yeah. Um, so we, I'll yeah. work on that. Yeah. And it and it is hard
1: <laughs> with four kids. The multiplier effect. I'm like, oh my oh, gosh, yeah. this oh, is yeah. so much. So and but I yeah. think choose your battles. Hmm. If somebody wants to improve on their clutter and some of that, like, know what you're willing to work on and what you're not. And I always
2: suggest it's the space. People always ask, how do you know where to start?
1: Yeah, good it's question.
2: The s- so, what's your space that most directly affects your life? So, it can be the kitchen mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, the kitchen, the bedroom. Um, I will admit, my least favorite thing to do is bathrooms. <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah but yeah. the kitchen the bedroom those are the mo- usually the most and mm-hmm. then wherever the family whatever the traffic way is for coming into the house because that's usually the dump zone so figuring out mm-hmm. a launch pad where everybody can put their things that they're going to need want to put down when they come in and pick up when they go out do you help with systems like if like I, we try to have like a,
1: a spot where book bags go mm-hmm. and and all that and i think our system is like okay but leaves a ton of room for improvement like you help people with that
2: yeah and a system especially if you've got little ones in elementary school who are still doing like tons of paper bringing oh my god we have a system for that how to deal with all those papers um but yeah setting up a launch pad um this is the old teacher and me coming through but setting up that launch pad and my son will tell you he had one when he was little Mm -hmm. um but setting up that launch pad where this is where everything that needs to go back in the morning goes in this spot before they go to bed at night mm-hmm. you know so that when they get up their only responsibility is to wake up eat their breakfast have a happy start to the day pick up their stuff and go out the door mm-hmm. not the mad dash of where are my shoes where's my UNO i'm gonna forearm. have you move
1: in with me now so. now that you said that you just <laughs> the mad dash for the only shoes. if they call me grandma yeah <laughs> the mad dash for the shoes it's like you're listening to me at my house but so,
2: uh yeah have a you know have that i really like like the hall tree things where they have a compartment where their Mm -hmm. shoes go in, their book bag hangs up, their coat goes right there. You know, we're a no shoe in the house family. So we end up with,
1: well, we end up with 12 billion pairs of shoes on the front porch because, or the garage, wherever they're coming in. Right there. And we do, but if you picture boots, tennis shoes, sandals times six times, whatever, it's just ridiculous.
2: So I would say have a clear crate, because always clear, a clear crate for off-season shoes. Mm -hmm. Put them in there, and only the ones that you're using for this season would go, like, on a boot mat or Mm -hmm. a shoe rack. I like the the racks that are shelves, because kids aren't going to take the time to put things on. You know, or even the -the over-the-door kind where they have a pouch.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of those. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and then, you know, and that way they know where to drop them. And then you can just switch them out with the crate each season so you don't have everything out at once.
1: Love it. Well, friends, we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, My friend Laura and I, Laura with Managed Chaos, will be right back. You are listening to Home with Beth on News Talk 103.5 FM and KLAK on 1240 AM. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I'm your host, Beth McGeorge, with Remax Jefferson City. Uh, you are listening to News Talk 103.5 FM and KLAK on 1240 AM. I'm with my good friend Laura St. Clair with Managed Chaos. And she's going to do her very best to keep me in line. Uh, in and out of organizational technique, of course, is the only way. But um, no, we're talking about organization, hoarding, how it relates to our, our lifestyle, our health and Kind of what makes us tick, I think. Talk to me about this, okay? I didn't even bring this up. This is I'm springing this Uh-oh. on you. The whole like Marie Kondo. Uh, am I saying? I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah. that special, you know, where you're like rolling stuff in there, uh, in the drawers, and and this maybe her storage methods or.
2: Okay, so what do there, you think about that? There's a video on our Facebook page that proves that rolling things does work. Here's the thing about rolling. If it's and tell everybody at home
1: like what we're talking about. Okay, describe that.
2: So. If you have, so everybody has the t-shirt drawer. I don't. I hang mine up. I'm a maniac. You hang t-shirts?
1: Everything. Yes. I'm like Jerry Seinfeld. It's all on hooks. I want your closet. (laughs) (laughs) It's just very full.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I live in an old 1980s house that's like no closets and we put an organizer in. But anyway, so, okay, so. For those of us who have, been, <laughs> who have, who have the T-shirt drawer because everybody gives you T-shirts and you wind up with yes. like 10 new ones a year. And so you have a gazillion million T-shirts. So first off, after you go through and decide which ones you're really not keeping, if you're like most people and you put them in a stack, you never get to the bottom of a stack. The thing about vertical stacks, the reason they don't work is because you never know what's on the bottom. And
1: you're never rifling through it. And yeah. if you do, you destroy the Cause drawer. Because you're always grabbing
2: the same one. Yeah. So, there's a video on our Facebook page. Just look for Managed Chaos LLC. And there's a video on there that shows about rolling your T-shirts and why it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and I have to plug this because it comes right after the how to fold a fitted sheet video. Oh, with the fitted <laughs> sheet, you guys
1: there. at home. Let's all we, just collectively groan.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, I love them. They're fun. Um, <laughs> they're fun. They're easy. Anyway, but if you, roll <laughs> if you roll your T-shirts. Says
1: the organizational guru in the room.
2: If you roll your T-shirts and lay them out in your drawer rolled, then and the way you roll them, and I show it on the video, then you can see what's on the front. Because what's on the front is at the top. And then you line them up, and then you can see what you have. So our dresser, our chest of drawers, sorry, our chest of drawers has very shallow mm. drawers. Which is perfect but, for that. Right, because I, I fit, I'm trying to remember how many fit in there. Twenty five, thirty?
1: Because if you had a really like deep drawer, yeah you're then like, okay, am I wasting space or right. am I stacking it too deep? And then what's the point of rolling it?
2: Right. But the things that you want to stack are things that are all are all alike. So like you know, like your underwear drawer, you don't have to roll your underwear. Like, that would be. Ridiculous. My husband likes
1: his underwear like folded. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't with you. So I just shove it in, wad it in, I'm like, do your own laundry if you want it differently. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know, I just told everyone on the radio that. I'm getting the look. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Glad I'm not going home with you. Yeah, (laughs) But, yeah, but things like that you can stack. Or, like, white T-shirts, you know, like, undershirts that guys wear. If it doesn't matter. If they're all exact. If they're exact. But the T-shirt, yeah, rolling those kind of things. Um, As far as, yeah, you asked about Marie Kondo. The whole thing about brings you joy, there is some merit to Mm -hmm. that. I mean, you know if, like, when we, I did a major downsizing when I got married three years ago. Mm -hmm. And... We went down by a 1,000 square feet. I did. You have and to make some decisions when you you're doing that. And you have to make some hard yep. decisions, you know, because I had lived in that house, and, you know, my late husband and I had been together for almost 25 years. I had mm-hmm. a lot of memories. And you do. Things become a part of your environment, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean they bring you joy or that you're happy with them.
1: So well, and I think, don't we just do things we've always done and we mm-hmm. never really stop and go, I'm going to challenge, like, why – in our living room, we have a ton of books. I, I The other day, I was like, why are these all in here? They really should be in the kids' rooms. It doesn't have to all be out here stacked like crazy, but I just don't carve out the time and right. change it. I just leave it how it's been.
2: And I, you know, we have the built-in bookshelves, which I love. Mm. Yeah, I love and, those. And, um, you know, and I do because it's like, okay, it's overfilling because I love books. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I buy books. I, yeah, constantly have a book with me. And, um, and I look at it, and it's like... Okay, we're running out of room there. So which ones do I really never intend to read again?
1: There's a Jerry Seinfeld bit about, yep. like, these are my trophies. I read this, and I'm never going to touch it again. And it becomes a trophy sitting there. Yeah. That's the moment. It's like, okay, which one is not going to get touched?
2: Right. And so, and then I do. I Then I, you know, post a picture of them and say, hey, these are looking for a home.
1: Is that hard and for then, you, though? Like, you know better and you do better, but is that still hard for you?
2: Not as much... As I thought it would be. Is it like a muscle? The more you books, use it and the yeah. more
1: practice you have, the better
2: you get. Because I mean, there are some books I will never get rid of. I mean, my Jane Austen's will be, mm-hmm. I mean, you can bury my Jane Austen books with me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some that are never leaving me. And then there are others it's like, you know, because I buy them and it's like, okay, that was a good book. Okay, who wants it next? And mm-hmm. then I just gift it on. Right. But yeah, I just, I don't, not as much with that now. Musical instruments and sheet music. Yeah, those will be... That's that's (laughs) that's where I'm like, okay, you
1: know better and you do better. Like, if you're like, yeah, I have a hard time with it, there's just not hope for the rest of us. Right. So...
2: Well, but I mean, we all have our weaknesses. We Mm -hmm. all have our weak spots. But you do have to... Sometimes you just have to take a step back and say, in reality, do I still use it? Do Mm -hmm. I still need it? Why am I keeping it?
1: So... Correct. I mean, I think it all comes down to, like, we're all so busy. We're Mm -hmm. in the hustle and bustle of life. It's It's like anything. It's slowing down and analyzing it other than we just rush past and we don't stop and deal with it. We're busy doing other things.
2: But I think when it comes to clutter, too, there are ways that even if you don't have time to stop and go through every single thing, there are ways to tidy up that. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so much that the furniture now... That includes storage. Yeah,
1: you were talking about that. Yeah,
2: you can do like, you know, Ottomans. Instead of an open bookcase, think about uh, if you can, you know, if you can afford to, to buy some new pieces of furniture, think about a cabinet with doors, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Um, I'm not allowed open shelves into a space anymore because I, I jam stuff in there. And even at its best, it looks cluttered because it's you're just looking at all of right. it.
2: Right. Right. And I, I really do. I like closed cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like for toy. I do not like toy boxes because mm-hmm. all you know, this all the little things get caught down in there and the kids can't find it. I need to
1: just sort ours and, and literally decide what are they not using. Right. Just donate it because it when it starts to pile out, that's where I'm like, OK, we need to dump it out completely. Go through it. Have a bag of donate. Put the rest in and then move on. You're good. It takes 10 minutes like you're right. We're just and not doing it. And I like to it. do
2: that before Christmas. Have the kids yes. pick out things that they want somebody else to get to play with.
1: Do you know what? I've had a lot of friends with kids who've done that, and the parents are more invested in keeping it, the toys. That's the exactly, kids don't really care. The parents are like, oh, no, Grandma
2: gave you that. And they're like, "Man, eh, I don't use it. That's Well, okay, so when I was getting ready to move, and my son is now grown, and, of course, you know, like he's an only child, so I kept everything mm-hmm. so we're going through the box of his keepsakes which
1: is cool though too like yeah. there's no shame in that
2: but so we're going through the box of his keepsakes and it was that exact scenario he was going through and I'm like no but you have to keep that don't you remember how hard you studied for that test and look what you got yeah. on he's like mom I was seven years Yeah, old. he's like, I'm <laughs> an adult. I'm killing it. I'm not worried about that <laughs> test anymore. I'm not worried anymore. about my spelling test. Yeah. You know? So, thing, and that's the whole thing, and that's really it with everything, mm-hmm. is things that mean a lot to us are not necessarily going to mean the same thing to somebody else.
1: So, so. artwork, they actually have frames that are really thick. So, mm-hmm. kids' artwork, you can put it in and keep stacking it on top of itself and display I mean, there's, that's a good way to keep that paper clutter of that in there. You have one or for get each a, kiddo. A,
2: Get a get a binder and page protectors. Mm-hmm. And just yes. make binders of them. You can do that. You can... Um,
1: I started that and that got really...
2: It go yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm failing here. Well, you've got multiple. I had an only. So that's well, Still
1: t- though, but yeah, but <laughs> I'm like, and even I have the frame. I haven't hung it up yet. Yeah. That's, I'm just going to tell on myself.
2: So I will admit that his stuff wound up in like a big bag for many many years mm-hmm. like a trash bag for many years until I finally went in and I rough sorted it into manila envelopes for like different grade levels yes and so now those envelopes are in a plastic tub for him to take when he has a spot so mm-hmm. that's and cool and then he can. And that's the key thing with kids when they're adult kids When you still are if you're not the family historian when they're grown send their stuff with them and make them go through it in their space because they'll keep it in your space if you let them go through it there right right so
1: Okay. Well, we're going to have to take a very quick break. Everybody at home listening, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Home with Beth. I'm your host, Beth McGeorge with Remax Jefferson City. Laura with Managed Chaos and I are going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Home with Beth. I'm your host, Beth McGeorge with REMAX Jefferson City. Today, I'm talking with my friend Laura about all things organization and just how we live in our homes and ways, frankly, we can do better. Uh, we deserve to do better. We should. Um, so we're going to get the last segment here. If you're just tuning in, you can go to com and find our podcast. This particular episode is a two-part series because, you know, we just can't stop talking about stuff. We like to keep our stuff and we like to talk about it. Um, so that's on there if you want to tune into the entire episode, if you're just catching the tail end. So to close us out, we're going to talk a little bit... Um, Laura, what kind of ways can people just, if they have sentimental items they don't want to get rid of, what are some cool ways
2: you've seen things displayed? Oh, there's lots of good stuff. Um, so I've seen pillows made, um a lot of times people have t-shirts that don't even fit them anymore but are like from a special event like or a concert. concert or yeah. a childhood you know there's so many that you can make a pillow out of it and you can even do that yourself you know blankets you, yeah I've
1: seen that like that. we have a
2: quilt hanging in our in our we call it our pub. we have a quilt oh. hanging in our pub that are all the t-shirts um, from our national organization where my husband and I met. Mm-hmm. so it's a huge someone made it for it for our wedding. So awesome. yeah, and it covers the entire wall. I mean, like a it's tapestry. She, yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. Um, I we have um, teddy bears made from shirts. Um, I have one made from the last shirt my late husband wore. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, I had a medallion made. Uh, a round medallion made out of ties. So, do um, you
1: have people for that that you can recommend? Um, for those kind of things to be done? Like, who does that?
2: Um, for, some, for some of it. There is okay. an online company that will do the t-shirt quilts that um, that is reputable that you don't have okay. to worry about. But you I can kind of help yeah. give people some guidance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there is someone here in town, I hope she's still doing it, that was doing the teddy bears. Okay. Because um, so, that's important. I think. Yeah. Telling someone, oh, you could do this. Right we're like okay where when it came to the the medallion quilt luck, my best friend in Florida did that one for mm-hmm. me so i don't know that i can't i can't loan her out for that <laughs> but um but other things like uh but you can make a pillow even out of a t-shirt too and mm-hmm. you can do that yourself you know just cut off the sleeves stitch the collar shut put a pillow form in it and stitch it shut on the bottom i mean mm-hmm. that's that's not that Pretty big a deal easy. or you can cut out the design and put it in a frame um shadow boxes mm-hmm. are really cool um we had my mom for some reason gave me when I was in my 40s is when she decided I needed to have the shoes that I wore mm-hmm. as a baby and the outfit I wore home from the hospital mm-hmm. and I'm like why so to see that your feet were once this little right I'm like perfect but I'm number six but okay <laughs> so I made we had a um kind of a dressing room area in that house so I made a okay. shadow box I took a, a little golden book about the new oh, baby yes, yes. and put the dress and the cap and the shoes in that and hung it up and it went to I think it went to Goodwill or somewhere when I moved but um so if somebody bought it now you know where it came from yeah. but um, I was wondering <laughs> whose <choose> shoes those were <laughs> but um So, but you can make shadow boxes out of just about anything. Um, When it comes to, like, greeting cards and things like that that mean a lot, um, I often recommend getting, um, like, a 12 by 12 binder um, in the scrapbook section and getting those 12 by Mm. 12 protect sheet protectors because you can then open the card mm-hmm. and be able to see both sides of it and make a binder for whatever the occasion cool. was um the other thing i'm trying i just lost my train of thought what i was gonna say um i've seen recipes
1: oh. hung up in a kitchen that was really pretty they yeah. were like grandma's handwriting
2: yeah or like get them laminated yeah because the thing about um handwritten things like that is they will fade hmm. so i took all of my mom's uh recipes and that were in her handwriting and laminated them right away. Um, and recipes and photographs, real quick, are two of the hardest things that a professional organizer cannot do those for you. Mm-hmm. Um, recipes, I end up hauling out a lot of recipe books because let's face it, when it comes to the books, there's one recipe in there you want, and the rest of the book is not. Right. There. Get that recipe out of the book and let the book go and create yourself a binder of the recipes you will actually use and that you want to pass on. I have a, So I have
1: a notebook that I handwrite whenever a recipe I've perfected and it's like the family raves and they're like, "Woo!" I'm like, okay, cool, that one's going in the book. Mm-hmm. So I've just had this generic journal and I've written it and what's really cool is it's so special. It's mm-hmm. like my little... Precious, That's like, what, what am I gonna make? in the family, like, kind of
2: looks like, Oh, she's got the book.
1: Oh, it's gonna be good. Then time. you get to be
2: my age, and my son is like, When can I have the book? And I'm like, Not yeah. yet, not until I'm dead.
1: <laughs> but know? I did it because I found I had little scraps of stuff, or yeah. I would see it on the fly, and I was like, I need to have this in one spot.
2: And then the other thing, though, too, is photographs. We can't mm. do those for you, and they're digital now, too. Like, your well, but before ones, that, yeah. because you know us old people we have the real thing so and i don't know anybody except for my best friend who's going to sit for hours and do scrapbooks so get even then they're going to tap out and go okay i'm done looking at your face right now she'll spend an hour on a page (laughs) but um (laughs) i will i always recommend get a photo box make sure it's archival Mm -hmm. But just get those photo boxes that have the dividers in them so that you can then sort them however you want and put them in there, label the front of the box, and when the time comes, somebody will know what they're looking at. And it's easy to do it that way. It doesn't take nearly as long as you think it will. So
1: y'all heard it here first. She said it was going to be easy. It is. Uh, so, okay, Laura, real quick. I'm going to have to close this out here. We're running out of time. We could talk about this forever. All I right. know you're, I know It's two shows too. <laughs> um, so what, real quick, what's the best way for people to reach you?
2: Um, you can go to our website, managed-chaos.com. There's a contact us form on there. You can email us at managedchaosllc at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 573-645-6579. And please leave a detailed message because if we're with clients, we don't answer right away.
1: You know, I talk to voicemail like it's a long lost friend. I like to tell stories. People hate that when they're like, leave a short message. I'm like, okay, they're talking to me. I'll keep it short. (laughs) Um, If you guys forgot everything she said or you're driving and you can't write that down, um, you can go to my Facebook page. It's probably the easiest way. If you search Beth McGeorge, you'll see Beth McGeorge Remax Jefferson City pop up. We can get you in contact uh, with Laura to get this process started. Or if you have follow-up questions, we're having her on the show today because I am ringside to this particular, I'm not going to call it an issue, but this point in people's lives when they're like, all right, I got too much stuff. I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? Um, I'm sympathetic to that because I'm also a (laughs) living, breathing human with that same problem in my own life. And so I do think I want everyone to love their home, enjoy it, not just when they're selling it and they say, okay, it looks great. I want us to love our homes all the time and be at peace and happy there. So reach out if that's on
2: your new year's resolution to do i'm getting a hand one quick thing if you need us in a pinch know that we're usually scheduling four to six weeks out okay so okay cool
1: yeah good tip that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> this instant show up she's not a genie y'all she's just not she's magical but not a genie but um, but no so we are here to help with the process even if you're not necessarily organizing and you have questions if you think you want to get your house ready for market of course that's my role to come in and and help give you that guidance we're here every step of the way and even after homeownership we we like to help people be better homeowners and love their home more forever and ever so thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate it a lot um, you can go to beth and catch this entire podcast episode and we did a previous episode so you got a twofer for miss laura we're making good use she's a busy girl But thank you for tuning in. We're at 103.5 FM News Talk and KLAK on 1240 AM every Saturday at 11 AM. If you have any questions or show topics, feel free to message me on my Facebook page or email Beth at BethMcGeorge.com. Talk to you soon.
0: Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents. We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more.